the news that Nintendo dropped yesterday. They did a thing, so stick around. Welcome to a sudden solo episode of Grief Burrito. I'm Haz, as you know. I'm giving you this one fast and loose. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through the five kind of most exciting things from the Nintendo Direct. So without any more messing around, let's do this. The first game on my list I spotted is called Sea of Stars, which is by Sabotage Studios. This is an old style pixel art RPG, which was the first thing that caught my attention. It's dense with color and spectacle. See it on screen now, maybe. The main thing about this game that caught my attention, other than the nice visuals, was the fact that it's got time-based combat mechanics, which is something that I really, really loved about the Mario and Luigi saga, which is like the Superstar saga, Bowser's Inside Story, that kind of thing, way back on the Game Boy Advanced. Oh, right in the age. And on the DS2, there were a few on the DS as well, and I think I will be grabbing this game. The second game that caught my attention on this lovely, lovely stream. We love Katamari Reroll Plus Royal Reverie. Quite the title, which is by Bandai. And they done quite a few Katamari games to this point. I haven't actually played any, and this might be the one that changes it, because I feel like I probably should play them at this point. I've seen a lot of playthroughs online. They all look pretty funny. It seems like my kind of weirdness in a game. I've got a very strange sense of humor, as many of you will know. So yes, it's rolling back into our lives with the King of Cosmos, looking as weird as ever with his little white suit and white guitar. There isn't really much to say about this game if you don't really know what it is, other than you're a prince of space who wears spandex, I think, in multicolors. In this one he had a little camera around his neck, which I connected with quite a lot. And you're rolling up objects that gradually get bigger and bigger to eventually turn them into stars, if I remember correctly, through some kind of weird combustion. I don't know. Maybe one to check out. Now, the main reason I wanted to make this episode was because Metroid Prime motherfucking remastered by Retro Studios. I added the fucking, that's not in the title. Regular listeners of the Grief Burrito podcast know that I love this game. Absolutely love Metroid Prime. It was one of the most pivotal games growing up. It was probably the first game that I felt like an adult playing. It was the first adult toned game because it was a bit spooky, a bit dark. It was lonely adventuring around Talon 4. People who have listened to the other podcast episodes will know how much I've coveted this game, particularly if it came with one specific thing. And this specific thing was modernized controllers. Now, back on the GameCube, it wasn't an issue to use the look and turn and move on the same control stick as the, the right control stick, the C stick, the nub, as we called it, was just used to change weapons. So it wasn't used to look and turn like modern controllers. So all of your movement was on the left stick. Now playing that going back from playing more modern games now feels very very strange so the moving to a full twin stick version of the game is absolutely awesome i am very excited for this and they've said that there's multiple ways to experience playing the game as you adventure around the planet which means maybe you can have motion controls if you want them and turn them off if you don't want them i particularly don't want them and that was the reason i never picked up the uh the wii version of the trilogy i just i prefer normal controllers sorry nintendo it looks stunning like to go back to talon 4 vibe into the absolute s tier soundtrack that is in this game I still stand by my words that this game has one of the best OST's original soundtracks to ever exist from a game, and it is a testament to how to do world building. The planet feels desolate. You feel like you're wandering around alone, and I cannot wait to do it again. And the best thing about this whole launch trailer that they never even mentioned, at the end of it, it just goes, oh yeah, it's out today, and you can just get it. You can just get the digital download. I haven't got it yet. 
as I think I might get the physical copy, but I'm wrestling with myself not to just get the digital copy as well right now. The next thing I will say about this is that I hope they follow it up with Metroid Prime 2 and 3 ready for 4, because I presume 4 is still quite delayed, which is why they're doing this. We all thought as much, any of the Metroid fans. We've got Metroid Dread, obviously, to fill the gap, which was also a great game. Still yet to finish it, but yes, I think they should do the second. The second one was always kind of my favorite, even though it was a difficult game and it was a bit of an outlier for a lot of people. A lot of people weren't a fan. Personally, I really like the dark world, moving between the light and the dark world. I thought that was very, very cool with the light and dark beam. Finally. Finally. You may have noticed also that I've got a girl voice. Is, Is that, that strange? strange? I'm, I'm using, using AI. AI. <laughs> <laughs> My final game I want to talk about obviously is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We get a brand new trailer that is obviously still sticking with the really dark tone. We see a few new winged enemies, some strange light emanating from below the towers, which is cool. And there's something that really caught more than just my attention was the Blood Moon and Night seem to play a much bigger part in this game. And that's something that uh, we mentioned about three years ago, another episode of the Grief Burrito Show. We thought it might be something to do with the Blood Moon. We even thought that it, the name of the game might be something to do with the moon. Obviously, Majora's Mask is one of my favorite games. If you've listened before, you know that. So any sort of instance to pull back towards the moon as a theme in the Zelda games that I find really, really interesting. There are some things you can see that we're obviously not sure what they are just yet. When Link rides through the beautiful sway grass, uh, you can actually see a large dark shape off towards the castle. No idea. I've tried pausing, looking, zoom, enhance, and I, I can't see what that is. Link has his new arm as well, and we see him pulling technological parts out of water, like a swampy thing as well, and building it into a vehicle. So I'm guessing that's a new way of moving around the world. From what you can see, the patterns on the actual devices themselves and the sort of dragon heads that they're made of, look like the Zonai ruins. So I'm presuming they're taking all the Zonai stuff that they couldn't fit into Breath of the Wild and basically putting it into this game. Because initially they did say, there's a there's a, an interview with Eiji Onuma, I think, speaking about this, saying that there was so much content for Breath of the Wild that they literally couldn't do it. So now they're just basically putting it into a whole new game, which is great. Like, it's great that we're actually getting to play it. We're still in the same world. It's still connecting. Because obviously there aren't many Zelda games where you play as the same Link, really. The last shot shows Link trying to save Zelda from falling into the darkness. And if you look at his, I think it's his right arm, you can notice that it's actually all burnt. It isn't the green arm that you see in the trailer. So this could mean many different things. Maybe this is at the end of the game and the green arm is now gone and he's got his normal arm back. Or this is at the start of the game and that's when he gets his arm. It does end after Zelda falling on Zelda's lullaby in quite a somber tone. So is Zelda going to die? Is that a little prediction? Is that a little mini burrito prediction for you that Zelda might be lost anyway, regardless? The final thing I wanted to touch on on this little mini episode for you is that Nintendo are also adding a huge array of Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance games to the Nintendo Switch Online subscription. You can make them color or not. You can play it in normal Game Boy mode, which is like that green sort of, it's almost like green sepia tone. You can play it in the Game Boy Pocket mode, which is like more grays, blacks, and whites. And then you can play them in full color, which I just think is a really nice little option if you want to really feel nostalgia and play on like the green tone. This also does include for much of the games a local and an online multiplayer for a lot of the games. So that I think they mentioned Tetris on there and Mario Kart. The games that are coming and this, they did say there's a few games that are coming right away and then there's games coming in the future as well, obviously, because I know that they did that with the um, N64 subscription on there. You've got a few more games later down the line, like Majora's Mask and Star Fox, that sort of stuff. The games that they did include, and this is in no particular order, I just wanted to write down the ones that I 
was particularly interested in, games that I have played in the past, and the ones that are worth picking up if you're going to go for the subscription. Wario Land 3 was great, great fun. Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins, which is actually, I think it's the first instance of Wario, if I believe correctly. He was the enemy in that one who lives in a castle, and yeah, you've got to get the six golden coins to get into the castle. Kirby's Dream Land is coming. Zelda, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which are two Zelda games made by Capcom, where for the Game Boy Color, they could interlink, much like Pokemon Red and Blue, you could get the Color Dungeon if you... Oh no, was that Zelda Awakening DX? I mean, might have been... Uh, Link's Awakening DX. There's also Super Mario Brothers 3, WarioWare Mega Mini Games, uh, sorry, Mega Micro Games, sorry, I'm reading from a list. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I love that game. Hilarious comedy. Luigi is a god in that game. Make sure to play that. Uh, Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, which a lot of people say is the best Zelda game on a handheld console, which is in the style of Wind Waker, Link, but it's still pixel art. This was like a period during Nintendo when they were going like cute pixel art. Same era as the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. And then Metroid Fusion is coming too at a later date and loads, loads more. So this has been a bit of a whirlwind episode, as you've noticed. Um, I have got a couple of episodes recorded in the bag. I'm trying to get some stacked up for you guys and we will be back for some full episodes featuring some amazing guests in the future. Uh, so make sure to, to subscribe. And if you like this episode, please leave us a review as when we start coming back, it'll be great to start trying to get back into the, the gaming charts again as we were. We used to be in those top 20 slots every week, which was great, great, great. And they said fun. Great, great fun. It was just really nice to be there. And it was, you know, we really appreciate getting nice reviews and to hear that you guys are enjoying the show. If you enjoyed my girl voice for a change, we yeah, are right. right. Make sure to tune in next week or next month or whenever the next episode is because I haven't announced it yet. So, yes, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in like a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Depends how good you are. Bye. <laughs>